0: Property talk. We'll answer a few questions that came through Instagram and through other channels. The uh, questions came from Elias, uh, Christine, uh, and several other uh, members of our team and uh, followers, and other real estate agents and peers in the industry. Um, the the um, the answer will be a general talk, so let's start discussing it, and while we are running through them, we'll go through every point at a time, rather than answering each in a separate section. Let's hope that it's engaging enough and interesting enough for all of you uh, listening to this uh, long talk. Uh, the, the, um, the first question is how to become a great real estate agent, which Elias has asked. And and being a great real estate agent is about uh, doing two things well. Uh, Understanding the science of real estate and and, um, selling, being a great salesman. Let's start with the science of real estate. Remember that real estate is a 36 million years old business. If you want to study medicine, which is a 9,000 years old business, you study for around nine years, you become a doctor, you go into stage, and then you become a practitioner, you become a consultant, and then You grow that way. You want to become a real estate agent with 36 million years old science. You can't do it overnight. You need to understand the science of real estate. And it's very important, and this is something that we don't do, or many people don't do, studying every day, every night. Many people run by the basics. The most they know is an area, a property price in an area, comparison to similar areas other few areas around and comparatives this is not real estate this is you being a salesman knowing some details of your product and that's it real estate is beyond that guys i'll encourage anyone who loves to learn more to start by a study that uh, has been done by real estate institute in singapore or real estate university in singapore and it's called i believe dollar xe if i'm not mistaken i read it a few years ago and it's a great because and i'm sure there's many other resources that would show you or give you such details as well the the importance of it is it runs you through all categories of real estate so it makes you understand the lifespan how does the graph of a real estate investment go if you're talking about industrial real estate if you're talking about uh, warehousing if you're talking about commercial real estate what category of commercial uh, is the grade a commercial how does that uh, react um, the kind of city the cycle in the city and and why do cycles move faster slower um, other sites that are important to understand is what and how do real estate or is real estate valued whenever you talk about a property uh, because many people do value it by the current prospects but it's not. Let's talk about current and future prospects. There is return, and there is future prospects that differ between an area and another. I'll give you a very simple example. If you're in a regular building, uh, not a unique one, not an iconic one, in a uh, some suburb, and that building can never become one day a trophy asset. However, if you were in Champs-Elysees in, in, in France, um, the building, the older it becomes, the more valuable it becomes, and those few details are some things that people should understand, specifically if they want to work in real estate. If they want to invest or buy real estate, or if they're just real estate enthusiasts, they should know that. However, if they want to work in real estate, they should have extensive knowledge and experience on that. Understanding the real estate behavior, understanding your assets behavior is very important. And I always say there is one indication that everyone should go by. If you have a million dollars today, would you be able, as a real estate agent, to invest it on your own, confidently, or would you need, in real estate definitely, or would you need to ask others on how to do it? If you're not confident using your own money, then you're not the right person to give advice to any. That is very important, and unfortunately, many of us ignore it. The second side of being a great real estate agent is being a good salesman. And being a good salesman is not only about talking. Actually, it's not about talking. People think he's a great salesman. He talks so much, he talks so good. Unfortunately, or fortunately, this is not sales. Yes, you should be able to talk. However, selling is not about talking. Selling is about listening. Selling is about understanding a person's needs, catering to it. The only kind of sales worth doing is the selling that ends you up in a relationship which runs for life and then that's cumulative success that you can build a day after another because every single person who bought from you will become your ambassador will go talk you and talk about you all day long and about the great things you've done it doesn't matter if you made money or lost money It's not, it doesn't matter but the as long as he bought that right I think for the right reason this is how he will appreciate you so keep that in mind whenever you're talking sales the second part of selling yes it's listing however it's also doing something else very well it's understanding the uh, person's needs beyond his ability to categorize his needs. Many people are seduced to buy bigger homes. Is it the right thing to sell him a bigger home? I'm not sure it is. I'm not sure it is unless you want to end up with a broke buyer, somebody who bought from you. He believed in you, he believed in your advice, and he bought a property and he can't pay for it. When you have such a situation, trust me, it's annoying. It's so annoying, it's devastating for you, if you really care. And the only kind of salesman who can really persevere, grow, and develop is a salesman who does really care. So, being a great salesman and being a great real estate scientist make a real great real estate agent. I hope I answered your question, Elias. I'm sure Elias is a member of our uh, group, a member of our team. Elias is the perfect example as we... Uh, I always say of, of the great investment that anyone can do in, in a human being because Elias started with us in arms and McGregor as a um, real estate broker as a junior broker actually developed very fast learned very fast studied very fast uh, earned trust and earned credibility and uh, grew today Elias is my partner in Morgan's and he's the managing director of Morgan's as well and is one of the best real estate brokers that you can ever meet Uh, hope I answered that question well the the, uh, other questions that came through are questions simply about how do I invest in real estate or how do I do my first investment in real estate and real estate is a big purchase regularly so guys we understand yes not everyone has the money it takes to invest in real estate it takes you some time to develop that even if it's a down payment even if you're taking a mortgage it takes some time to develop that that capital that initial capital however if you start early work hard enough you will be able to develop it before you're 25 and if you do so your life is different the life you live will be different again don't go by greed our industry is an industry that does have too much opportunities real estate as an asset or property as assets is a great producer in general. However, the wrong choice, the wrong property choice, or choosing the wrong property for the wrong reason may end up being either not satisfactory or even devastating. So I always say you can go cheap on many things in life, but there are a few things that you can't go cheap on. The first is a doctor. Would you go to, you have a surgery to do and you want to? Have someone work on your kidneys and you want to go to a cheap doctor you wouldn't do that you would go and choose the best you can afford and sometimes the best you can't afford even whenever it comes to investments you need to do the same and whenever it comes to a lawyer you never need a cheap lawyer because you will end up in a place that will cost you much more and sometimes much more than money and you never need a cheap real estate in, uh, investment consultant or an investment consultant in general you would need someone who knows exactly what he's talking about paying less for something doesn't always equate to a better deal paying less for services most of the time equates to less quality service there's kinds of services that you can afford that on there's others that you can't there's another question that came from a, uh, a friend and uh, somebody who has been an investor with us since a very long time. And the question was, I've been investing in real estate. I've been making uh, money in real estate and sometimes losing money. However, there is is some real estate investments that I've done where it didn't turn out to be exactly what I expected it to be while buying specifically off-plan. So what I would tell people is the following, and by the way, he'd done most of those before we got introduced to him. So, be cautious. Running towers and off-plan property is um, sometimes easy. And we have a kind of um, self-ignorance. We, 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 we practice ignorance among ourselves. And what we do is we ignore realities and we just go with the easy practice or the easy cut. We see a great brochure. When did you go to site when you're buying an off plan property? When did you jump on the sand, walk the site, walk the surrounding sites, understand if it's a tower, what is the tower all about? Look at the mood boards and what's the kind of material there. Have you looked at the Uh, background of the developer have you looked at all of those items if you have in general you do a right choice now the market can still move in a way that you don't expect that's always possible when the market does that if you have done the right choice from a scientific background you will always still be okay it wouldn't end up in a disaster the So you still have risk you're investing. Yeah, remember that you're investing your money. You have a risk However, if you don't consider that if you don't put all the points on a paper And you do follow that tick list which is quality of the developer quality of the development quality of the area and quality of things that you can change specifically the layout if you buy a property with lower quality finishes you can most of the time work on the finishes and change them. If you do buy a property with a wrong quality layout, how would you change a layout? That's a tough job. So, it's very important that you purchase a property. You can afford, you can pay for, you know exactly how are you gonna be paying for. Do not depend on future incomes to pay for a property without enough security. If you're taking a mortgage, you need three to six months of payments Sitting aside. If you're paying the property through a direct payment plan with a developer, you will need three to six months of payments on the side as security, as a reserve fund. If things change in your life to the worst, which can happen, uh, you will be able to secure yourself until you figure your stuff out. If things in your work, in your family, or things around your business if you're a business owner change you will be able to manage that in a better way now it's very important that you also consider what are you buying the property for if you're buying a property for rental what kind of property would you buy we discussed previously things like in a a, I believe a session called ROE Um, we discussed in another one uh, ROI which is equals Uh, ROE plus ROT return on time. You need to understand what kind of time would that property take from me to manage the relationship with the people managing it, or to manage the property itself. In general, you need to be cautious of buying property that you don't have access to, physical access to, or buying property that you can't um, simply manage, and you in a in a place where or jurisdiction where there's no enough there's no enough laws to um, protect you if somebody is managing it you always need to look at the rental laws as well to see if they protect you as an investor and if they give you the uh, flexibility to be able with time uh, and at a reasonable rate definitely to um, have increases in rent uh, because there is some jurisdiction that restrict that totally specifically on residential property and that's why, in many parts of the world, residential property is not an investment category, or is not an investment property. People rent towards commercial or other sectors of real estate. While in places like London, in Dubai, residential is a great investment, and most of the time, it's as lucrative or more lucrative than than commercial, and considered safer sometimes. Another question that we've been asked is. Um, I'm buying property, I've bought and sold property and I made money on property. however, I'm always annoyed from the kind of fees that I do pay when I'm paying property when I'm buying property. is there a way to avoid those And when I asked uh, the question what kind of fees do you want to avoid? they said starting by the agency fees uh, that I pay, uh, again um, I do pay every time two to three percent agency fees, which is in the uh, uh, gentleman asking in his opinion it's high you pay what you get you pay for what you get um, or in general if you're buying a property the fee that you're paying is not purely for the uh, sourcing of that property on that day there's so much work that have been done prior to sourcing that property remember guys Do it the right way, and I believe you should pay more than 2-3% in other fees that uh, you should start considering because the safety of your capital is more important than the probability of slightly more profit. Have you appointed a surveyor whenever you bought a property? Have you appointed a conveyancer whenever you you bought a property? Those should be third parties, guys, a broker is a broker. A broker is meant to mediate and arrange, source the property, negotiate it, and arrange the transaction. A broker is not a conveyancer. A broker is not a lawyer. Currently, what you do is you go to a broker. You try to get the broker to do the agreement, which he does. In some countries and cities like Dubai, we have uh, uniform agreements, still you have addendums attached to them. It's very important to go through. A conveyancer or a lawyer or both if you wish but I believe that's extensive extensive and expensive you go to a surveyor and you can go through uh, another another uh, uh, party which regularly is an engineered uh, inspector to inspect your property those are important people within the purchase environment within the transaction Those parties, if not present, you're subject to risks. And the more parties not present, the more risk you would have. If you rely on your broker to do all of that, you're trying to rely on your nurse or doctor or pharmacist to do everything in a surgery. So you don't have an aesthetic doctor, you don't have a, a support nurse, you don't have anything like that. You just want that guy to do everything. I'm sure that wouldn't be the best for your health that wouldn't be the best for your money's health and probably your health as well in real estate so pay the fee that is required when you do negotiate a fee remember the following if you're negotiating a property and you want somebody to negotiate it for you and that party is the man in between the broker and you've agreed a fee with him, do not try to negotiate that fee because if you want him to fight for you, you want him to be properly paid. When I'm buying, and by the way, I I have brokerages, I have four brokerages, but I still purchase sometimes from other brokers. I purchase sometimes opportunities that I do see in the market, and I don't want to lose. Regardless of whom am I purchasing from, I always tell the agent, the broker, I will fix your fee at the asking price. So if I'm paying 2%, I'm paying 2% of the asking price. So if you negotiate lower, your fee will not go lower. And that's exactly what I would advise you to do. Now, it's your choice. But in my opinion, if you do that, you're giving the person who's supposed to be fighting for you all the motive to fight for you, and to fight more for you. If you're a seller, do the same. If you're a seller and you start by telling an agent, yeah, no problem, I wanna sell my property, but I don't wanna pay a fee. Remember, you're sending somebody to fight for you. However, you're asking him to take weapons from the other party. So, go fight for me, but utilize all the tools you need from the other party because I'm not interested to give you any of the tools I don't believe that's the smartest of decisions from either party remember there's a practice that is so widely done and this answers probably the third question or the fourth question which is I had so much uh, non ethical uh, behavior or I've seen so much unethical behavior from brokers let me tell you something. As an investor and as a buyer and as a seller, sometimes I'll tell you that following. A broker or an agent and his behavior, although sometimes may derive from his upbringing and from his ethic, in general derives from your actions with him. So, if you as a buyer or a seller or both parties, approach a broker and have the belief or the want or the hope that you can throw him away from getting his commission or his pay remember that guys or if you have practices that may indicate that to him remember that guy although against the code of ethic but we are human beings who are logical and have common sense and do understand that that man needs to eat at the end of the day. If I don't allow him to eat in an ethical, straightforward, simple, transparent manner, he will try to do so in an unethical, non-transparent, non-simple manner. Or if his ethic standards are so high, he will not deal with you, and will stop that relationship over there. So when you're approaching a broker, make sure, and I advise everyone, regardless if it's with our agencies or anyone else, go exclusive, sir. Go exclusive, be transparent even if you don't want to go exclusive. Be transparent, do not try to have practices similar to undercutting people's commissions, undercutting people's fees, undercutting people's pays. Whenever you do that, do not blame the broker for the actions he may have. Again, it's not acceptable that brokers or any other professional has malpractices. However, it's logical that many will have when we act, or when we deal with them in an non-honest, non-transparent, non-proper manner. Now, when an agent is approached and you're a buyer or a seller, the first thing you need to agree with the agent is his fee. There's practice that is non-ethical and against the law, which is people charging both sides because there's a clear conflict of interest. Now, the law specifies that if you want to charge both uh, sides, you need to have written agreements from both sides that say the following. Both sides are aware that you are charging both sides, and one side is aware that you're charging the other side and him, but you don't represent him, you represent the other party's interest, while the other party signs up that he understands that you represent his interest although you're charging the other side, and you're charging him as well. Although that's the, how should, things should be practiced, it's not how it is practiced. It's not how it is practiced, partially because we support this practice of brokers and agents as buyers and sellers through our practices, by negotiating every penny of a commission that somebody is buying, because I've heard it so many times, said to agents in front of me, From people I was buying from you're making so much money on this transaction why and how and I always answer the following way he's making so much money because he has worked so hard to put that transaction together and so hard is not the summary only of the listing process which is 15 20 30 minutes the marketing process and the viewing process which sometimes is very extensive and the transactional side, not really that man most probably have tried to build a relationship for years with many people to get that listing and if he's a good agent, have developed relationships and got referrals to reach me, and all of that have cost him so much of his life and energy, and that's something he needs to get paid for and he only gets paid mostly on success now yes, we have for example many customers on a retainer which is not a commission they're on retainer it's a success fee it's a non-success fee. sorry they pay it regardless if uh, the, the result comes or not when we have a customer retainer when anyone although it's a, a rare practice in the market to have customers on a retainer whenever you have a customer or retainer yes it does make sense and people understand that this man the agent the broker is making money regardless if he transact or he doesn't transact But in general, agents do not get paid if they don't transact. They only get paid if they do, if they achieve success. So pay them their fee and do not ask them how are they spending it. Do not look at their pocket, look at yours. And that's a practice that leads us to the third question. I have bought a property and I'll not specify the area, although the lady has mentioned the area and I hope that she hears this. I'm sure she would. Um, I've bought a property in an area, and that property I bought I bought at 35% below original purchase price, so below the price the other party have bought, bought it for. However, now I need to sell it, I can't continue holding it, and I find out that I will also lose if I sell it. And when I asked, Why did you buy it at that time? Why did you buy that property? She said for investment. And I said, why did you buy that exact property for investment? She said because the other party is losing 35% of his money. So what made that a great deal to her, to you, is that the other party is losing 35% of his money. Him losing money does not make you money. Him losing money does not indicate that you will be making money off that transaction. He may lose money. You're still not making money. For you to be making money you need to be doing the right purchase. So stop looking at the other party's pocket, be it an agent or a customer or anyone else. Look at yours. When you're buying a product, an item, it could be a pajamas, it could be a shoe, it could be a watch, it could be a service. Do not look at, oh gosh, I was able to get a great deal from this guy so I buy it. Always understand. Do I really need it? If I need it, if I want it, I would buy it. If it's cheap but I don't need it, why would I buy it? If it's cheap but I don't want it, why would I buy it? Just because I was able to secure a great deal, it's somebody else's great deal, not mine. And I hope I answered your question. Next time you do purchase, contact us. This time you've contacted us after purchase. And by the way, this is something agents are guilty of we're guilty of that lady is a friend of mine and a friend of mine since a very long period of time when she found that uh, deal um, she transacted on it and then she called me to ask what do you think is that a good deal that I've done my lady you should have called us before yes we make money off the question you ask and yes this is our business however we make it for a reason if we can't give value we don't want to take value. Thus, if we can't give value, we never charge anyone a fee. We only charge a fee if we see that we can give value because we don't want a relationship where the other party feels that he's not getting what he paid for or he's not getting value for what he paid for. And the final question is uh, from someone who said, I have money today. It took me a long time to collect that money to make that capital. And now is the right time for me, from a financial perspective, to purchase a property. However, I'm scared. I'm scared, and I believe that purchasing property at this time is not the right choice for me. Look, buying a home should be something comfortable, it should be something that gives you peace. If you're not comfortable about it, do not do it. However, let's try to make you comfortable about it. Buying a property. As they say, when the blood is on the streets, in other words, when the market is not doing well, is in general a right choice, or is it in general a right timing. Uh, a right choice or not depends on the exact property, on your exact position. As I understood from your message, you do have currently around 2 million dirhams. Again, if it gives you peace of mind to have that money on the side, have it on the side, start researching and studying until investing it gives you peace of mind or keeps your peace of mind, because nothing is worth losing your piece of mind, and look to stay for a period of time in cash is sometimes worth much uh, you don't always need to be invested or fully invested it's your first investment be cautious do the right investment uh, don't be sold the heat of the moment uh, however it's wise not to keep that money in cash so start by researching feel free to contact us you can run as I message uh, messaged you uh, yesterday you can run through my uh, email and uh, or send me a message to my website and I will give you more advice on it You can visit us in our office. We have visit uh, like that and and we will talk about your specific investment however regardless of that start researching educating yourself about investments about the market about the uh, the the properties available the uh, regions and uh, the areas so that you can Understand uh, and make that investment with peace of mind Until then, do not invest. Keep your money in cash, sit and have it there. Um, Remember it will create pain if you keep it in cash for long, so start studying your options. Investing does not have to be a rough road. Investing shouldn't be a rough road. You make money so that you add to your happiness or so that you add tools that can allow you and support your family and yourself to make you happy. However, If you use it wrongly, it will make you miserable. Do not allow your investments and the wealth you've generated to make you miserable. For now, keep the money there until you've developed enough knowledge to do the right investments the right way or sit with people who can help you do that, be it us or anyone else in the market. There's many great corporations today that do respect their reputation, do have great advice for you and can lead you Yes, they will make money selling to you. This is our business and everyone else's business who is in similar business to us. However, without ripping you off, without making sure that you are losing money just by doing that investment. So they can make money and you can make money. Contact the professional, they can help you. And still, take choices slowly. Do not live the heat of the moment. I hope I answered all your, your, your um, invested that time. I want to say invested. I have invested that time, hopefully positively, surely positively, and and added to your day. I hope it answers questions of the people who've asked and many other people. Uh, Until the next session, uh, enjoy your day and uh, stay in touch. I would love to have your feedback. And uh, always visit macarimhandy.com for the newest of property talk and much more.